0: Good, Good morning, morning campers. campers. Today's activities include oh god class. We're on the moon.
1: <laughs> Lunch today will be what used to be potatoes.
0: And to end the night, we will be making a plan to fucking get out of here. Fuck this place. <clears throat>
1: So put on your sunscreen, bug spray, and camp uniform as we dive into Space Trash!
0: Space Trash! Marishka Hargitay, Sarah.
1: Marishka Hargitay, Sam.
0: I'm your camp counselor, Sam, pro bodybuilder in training, and current drag queen.
1: <laughs> and I'm camp counselor, Sarah. I've still never had astronaut ice cream. Excuse me. <laughs> I'm also battling an infection. Uh, So my apologies for my voice. We're here to ask, is it camp? We're diving into popular culture of all kinds to loosely identify what makes something camp.
0: We're not here to be the definitive experts on it, but rather just talk about this often overlooked and frankly queer subgenre. You know what the problem with living on the moon is? Uh, is everybody's ass out of this world? What? (laughs) close the problem is it's got no atmosphere
1: hey Hey. i'm glad we got that out of our systems early
0: (laughs) yeah so uh here we are doing another book well another comic book but it's it's, you know (laughs) it's a book it's a physical thing you can own it it's got pages it's bound it's got a spine yeah yeah um and uh this time it is a book by a good friend of mine jen woodall she released last year I believe it was last year this great big graphic novel and I say great big because boy howdy this book is tall it's it's not thick but it's like holy shit there's it's big it's tall yes it
1: was last year first edition august
0: 2022 yeah and uh it's volume 1 and it's basically uh you know, all by her. Art, color, uh, the, the the typeface and, and all that stuff. It's dope. Mm-hmm. So uh, you have
1: a personnel connection. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about how you first found out about Space Trash or about Jen? Whichever one came first?
0: Uh, which came first, the Space Trash or the Jen? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, no, it's so Jen and I connected in university, you know, a place where a lot of cool, hip happening people tend to connect. And it was through a mutual friend who I think, you know, as as time has gone on, I have become closer with Jen and less with mutual friend. Uh, mostly, partially because we live in the same city. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, that, that that'll do it.
1: As anyone who made friends in university and is now not in university knows, these things get weird.
0: It gets super weird. But anyway, um, I don't know, Jen and I just kind of clicked, because, you know, weird and liked, you know, comics and all kinds of stuff. And then over time, getting to know her and getting to know uh, her partner, Trevor Henderson who's also fantastic and they they uh would invite me to like their halloween party which is always a fun time uh it's not one of those like woo, the whole place is so decked out and everything's all spooky scary it's just like real fun chill vibes (laughs) (laughs) which is kind of like Where I like to be in terms of a party. Yes, every once in a while I like to go out and rage a bit. But also, I want to sit and talk to people and listen to people talk about cool things and various movies and whatnot. And so, like, Jen and Trevor always put on movies in the background of the Halloween parties. Mm -hmm. And uh, because they are, like, horror movie aficionados. (laughs) And it's just, yeah great so you know she's she's released uh, a lot of little zines and and comics over the years such as like magical beatdown and uh what else uh she has a zine called girls and then a spooky version called ghouls <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i i I've always loved her art. I said, when when I started doing wrestling, I was like, oh, wow. You know, when it comes time to make merch, I want Jen to design my shirt. I want like mm-hmm. an image for that. Of course, which I would have paid for. I would not have assumed that it would be given for freely because she's an artist. People she
1: die just... of exposure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. People die of exposure. <laughs> That's very good. Thank you. Um, but I did not come up with that. Oh, oh, if only. But I just I really appreciate having Jen as a friend and you know it's it's always nice to hang out and shoot the shit. Oh, Jen introduced me to a pizza place in Toronto That doesn't exist anymore, unfortunately, but it was the best pizza I have ever had, period. And it was vegan pizza.
1: Ooh, I was really worried you were going to say like, and it goes by the name Pizza Pizza.
0: I mean, I'm the kind of <laughs> trash monster that's just like, okay, Pizza Pizza is convenient. And I know that I'm always getting the exact same level of pizza with it. Whereas I find other yes. places is a bit of a crapshoot. It could be getting terrible or it could be getting great. Oh, yeah. Right, pizza pizza. Little
1: Caesars is greasy cardboard.
0: Yeah, pizza pizza is always pizza pizza. No matter which pizza pizza you go to, it will always be that. Anyway, it's not that place. The place was called Apocalypse Now. (laughs) Yep. And it was all vegan pizza, and it was the best pizza I'd ever had. Holy shit. Holy shit. Uh, Yeah, so thanks, Jen, for introducing me to a place that no longer exists, unfortunately. COVID took many things from us, and one of us is the best pizza I've ever had. But uh, yeah, what I, I figure, just like last year when we did a cup of cheer for Christmas, uh, I want to celebrate things that my friends make. And, you know, because why the fuck not? It gets to introduce it to you and gets to introduce it to our audience and uh, so last year, Jen put out space trash, a thing that I know she worked super hard on, spent tons of time and uh I really enjoy it it's it's uh, it's gorgeous first off,
1: yeah, I'm just open to like a random page here right now, and I'm sure we'll talk about this later, but she's got this way of using, like, not negative space, but um, dialogue-free panels that just let you sort of, like, live in these characters' minds that I really love. That feels like, ugh, I hate to use the word brave, but uh, it feels like another writer or or artist might not have had the fortitude to say, yeah, these can stand on their own.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. I, one of the things that really stuck out to me Uh, going over a couple of times was just how lived in this world feels. Mm -hmm. Right. There's, there's so much stuff I, I would stop reading because I was just looking at all the details in the background of like, what have they got in their little apartment cubicle, whatever it's called, I don't know, dorm room. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, what are all these posters? Can I identify some of these? Yeah. It's
1: like, it's like a Blade Runner level of banged up, too.
0: Mm-hmm. So, I just... It's it's so good to uh, look at, and it's such a... Got this effortless... Um, there's a way I'm trying to say it, without sounding like an asshole as well. Because <laughs> it's, it's there's an effortless diversity in it. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. We're getting all kinds of girls, all kinds of... Um, women all kinds of people I mean yes there they are mostly female presenting but I don't know all these characters I, yet right we're just getting introduced to them who knows what their expressions are yeah right and you know they're different heights and different sizes and different kinds of sizes too right mm-hmm. and different ethnicities and different facial st- structures and it's just this yeah there's there's some artists that you see like really lauded you know celebrated artists who are big in comic books and they have a problem with same face where it's like Mm, unless i could see the characters like costume details i would not be able to tell you who this character is like miss marvel out of sorry uh captain marvel out of costume looks basically like any other blonde woman out of costume when drawn by yeah. John Ramita Jr. All right. A lot of people love John Romita Jr. I personally can't stand his art because, <laughs> but once it's in costume, all of a sudden you go, ah, yes, that is definitely Captain Marvel. But here, like I, I was never confused by who I was looking at and who was talking and whose voice was whose. So yeah, this this world feel, feels so fleshed out, so real. These characters have been clearly thought about very deeply, about how they act and react and what kind of past they've had. I mean, yes, you need all that, obviously, to write a book. But mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I, I, it feels effortless, and I'm sure it was anything but.
1: Yeah, that's the best... Um art like ballet right the best ballet makes it look like they they did not put anything into this
0: yeah those those women just defy physics naturally right they are all graceful constantly yeah yeah how about yourself What, what how did you find your experience with this
1: i I found it interesting. Number one, you cannot buy this book on Amazon, which I really, really appreciated. but also it meant that I actually e- oh, you also can't get an ebook of it. Um, if you want to, you can order it directly off of Jen's website, or um what I did was I ordered it from a local indie bookstore, and they were able to ship it in. But number one, it just made me realize how, even though I do not think of myself as like, an Amazon consumer or anything like that, it really did knock into my head just how much I've gotten used to, like, the monopoly of the place where I can go and get all things. And I might, you know, grit my teeth while I'm ordering from them, but it's just so convenient. And and having to go out of my way to do that to get a book, which, like, it's Amazon, they should have books, right? Um I I really appreciate that Jen took that step because I'm sure it does not make it easier for her. And also, it was kind of fun because I got to walk over
0: and be like, my book is here. My book is here. Hi, I'd like to order one book, please. One book. One book, please. Yes. Mm -hmm. And
1: also, just like another thing about this ever-changing world in which we're living is um, my local bookstore, which if you're in Ottawa, please patronize Octopus Books. It is tiny and... Um, they are super, super nice. They also ordered in for me a specific translation of Les Miserables when I could find it nowhere else. Like, they will get
0: you anything. Ah, uh, yes. The Greek Les <laughs>
1: <laughs> No, seriously. Les Mis is like. They they call it the brick because it literally is the same proportions of a brick. <laughs> no. So I thought when I was starting to read it, I'm like, I really have to pick the right translation. And I did a bunch of research into different translations, and then it turns out that it's really hard to like search by translator. If you go to Chapters or Amazon, you can get like lame is, and I hope you like whatever translator because they're not going to credit them. Mm, yeah. Anyway, that's that's off topic. Um. But I had some days off, um, in the end of summer last year and last year, the end of last summer, I should say. And, uh, I took my new copy of Space Trash to a lake and I sat by the lake and I read it all in one glorious golden afternoon. And so to me, those experiences are kind of interlinked, like me sitting in this lovely pastoral setting, um completely shut off from the world while I'm reading about this very um, techno-industrial civilization that they're living in
0: yeah it's it it seems at odds but I do feel like that kind of thing is is perfect like si- sitting sitting mm-hmm. by a lake or for me it was um, it was rainy so I like opened up the windows and listened to the rain come down mm-hmm. while I was snuggled up on a couch and it's like hmm yeah I yeah nature sounds and this book feel kind of right together despite the material right (laughs) so uh a wholehearted recommendation go find a nature sound put it on read this book
1: Absolutely. Uh, the, That's the thing about this book, too, is despite I mean, I called it Blade Runner-esque before, but this is like not lacking in color or textures or anything like that. It certainly doesn't feel sterile.
0: No. And I think I think Blade Runner is a, a good kind of comparison because a, a lot of people forget that Blade Runner is a very colorful movie, that it does have a lot of life mm-hmm. going on in it. It's just the the big scenes, like the very sceney scenes that happen, mm-hmm. are in corporate offices, right? Yeah. So there is that lack of life, that that lack of diversity, that lack of color, because everything is sterile. But once, you know, um, Harrison Ford goes out into the world and he's doing his detectiveing stuff all of a sudden it's oh it's raining and look at all this neon and giant billboards of space ladies and stuff
1: yeah from from what i remember of blade runner uh i saw two minutes of harrison ford eating noodles at a street cart and i thought that sounds like a utopia to me
0: that's exactly what i was thinking too
1: (laughs) and he knows origami he has time
0: for hobbies yeah he can zoom and enhance. Wow, what a future. <laughs> there is no zooming or enhancing in this book, though. No, no not a one. But uh, what we do have is a little interview with Jen Woodall, if we'd like to cue that up right now. So uh, enjoy me talking with Jen about cool stuff. <laughs> Hello, and uh, welcome to the interview section of this podcast, I guess. Uh, I am camp counselor Sam, and I'm here with wonderful comic book writer, artiste, and good friend, Jen Woodall.
2: Hello, thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for being had. Oh, <laughs> you're
2: welcome, I think, I think. I'm welcome, or you're welcome.
0: Both of us are welcome. Yes. <laughs> So yeah, uh we are here to talk about uh you and uh your work, space trash, to whatever extent you wish to talk about it. And uh yeah, I, I do want to start off by saying both Sarah and I really enjoyed the book. Thank you. Yeah, it it's oh oh we have we have lots of feelings and we talked about the feelings a whole bunch. So I love got... that.
2: I yep. intended to make people feel feelings, so I'm glad I was effective in that capacity.
0: That's great. That's good art. Y- your art made feelings happen.
2: That's what art should do, so I'm doing it.
0: <laughs> it's, uh, it's great. So, uh, yeah, we, we've got some questions we'd like to ask. Yeah. Uh, first, first off, uh, social security number.
2: Oh hmm, I don't know. It seems a little dicey, but I think saying it live on a podcast is a great (laughs) idea, and I'll do it.
0: 555 555.
2: There you go. (laughs) You will.
0: Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, weirdos on the internet. See what you can do.
2: Yeah, you can't do anything because I have bad credit and I'm poor. (laughs)
0: hey i've got bad credit and i'm poor as well
2: hooray we're all poor and have
0: bad credit it's great awesome oh i'm so excited to try and get a new car next year (laughs) you can get like a horrible jalopy it won't go very far i'm already driving a horrible jalopy
2: well maybe you can upgrade to a less terrible jalopy i don't know maybe
0: in seafoam green
2: Oh, that would actually be great. I love a seafoam green car. That's an underused color.
0: Yeah, everything's black, white and gray now, so.
2: Yeah. I see so many black and white cars in Toronto and gray especially, and it's just like I guess like it costs extra to get colors as well, so that's part of it, but I also think people are afraid of color, which like endlessly bothers me.
0: Yep. <laughs> oh no I, I know exactly how you feel but you're you're in the right place to be talking about that kind of stuff so
2: that's true <laughs> yeah everyone is gonna like understand where i'm coming from where i talk about like people don't like color because they're afraid of seeming gay or i guess <laughs> a lot of people also think that liking colorful things is immature or childish there's like all these bizarre connotations with color that i i just i don't get it at all yeah like not wanting to stand out it's like why would I why would I be boring yeah that's part of it too like the it's like a pressure to conform by not standing out when I don't know it's very strange like color is so fun I I don't understand why it's pushed away in so many modern like especially you know in design and in art it's very weird to me
0: yeah I mean weirdly enough that, that kind of ties into your book doesn't it
2: Yeah, I mean, the characters are very, very colorful, but the settings is very, the settings are very obviously like, you know, white walls, beige walls, that kind of speckly tile we all had in our school for the tiling. Um, Yeah, just very like depressing color schemes. I mean, I guess schools are colored that way because they don't want to overstimulate you maybe. (laughs) Maybe they want to understimulate you. I don't know, but. Yeah, definitely. I always was struck going to school, like, especially art high school, that the contrast between, like, the environment being so sterile and then, like, the lively student populace and kind of the subcultures of, like, punks and goths and raver kids, like, I loved that. Oh, wow.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, you're you're really trying to flesh out the characters via background details that also yeah. kind of reflect here at the same time.
2: Yeah, I mean, you only have a certain amount of time, you know, you have like, when you're working with a publisher, you get a certain amount of pages, you kind of have like, the parameters that you can tell your story. Um, and then obviously, with the vol- first volume of a, of a book, you want to tie out the the world the going to happen in the future. Uh, and it's really hard to balance, you know, a lot of those things like setting up the world, setting up the characters, setting up the dynamics, etc. So, I think a really easy way to kind of tell people without telling them directly what kind of characters these people are is, you know, through their design, the way they dress, the things that are in their room, the habits of speech that they have. Those are like all kind of shorthands I think cartoonists use to kind of say, this is this character and this is what they're like. I can't tell you directly because I don't have enough time, but I'm going to imply these things heavily and I hope you pick up on it.
0: Well, speaking of that, is there is there anyone or anything that you love that you really wanted to include in the story in terms of these background details that you just kind of got to a place of, you know what, it doesn't quite suit dropping this here?
2: Um, I mean, I definitely I definitely paused with a lot of the pop culture references because in the future and I'm trying to achieve that kind of story where I'm trying to make, you know, there's like a time frame that the story is happening, but I don't want it to be like tied to any point in pop culture. So I tried to kind of make my references, you know, like the Linda Linda's, they're a contemporary pop punk band. Um, but then, you know, you have references to like, Bikini Kill, who, you know, were the 90s, and Cedar Kinney, who are also the 90s. Uh, and then obviously a lot of the hits from the playlist are from the 2000s. There's music from the 70s, 80s on the playlist as well at the back of the book. So I was trying to kind of make it that there's a lot of references that are sprinkled throughout the world that are affecting uh, what the students listen to and the kind of things they're interested in. So I was trying really hard not to make it like too you know, oh, a person who was born in the 80s wrote this. I was trying to put some, like, contemporary mm-hmm. stuff in there, too, to kind of, like, shift it so that it's not specifically one timeline at a time, you know?
0: Yeah. Did you did you find you, you had um, the urge to make up a pop culture reference, something that wouldn't have happened yet to us contemporary readers? But you're like, oh, yeah, in the future, there'll be this band called the um face kicking mothra's or something
2: i mean i definitely have a band reference in the book that is a reference to a band in another comic i've written but they're like you know it would be like a comic set in you know the 2020s so it would be contemporary well for us obviously be like vintage or old or i don't know what word they would use in the future for them (laughs) um Obviously, because I made up like these other girl gangs, like the Trash Queens, those are the kind of like only things I really made up. But in future volumes, you're definitely going to see more, you know, pop culture specific things invented for the story and the world of space trash. But I feel like the first volume is very grounded in, you know, our reality, whereas in the future volumes, I'll get more of a chance to kind of like expand out into this sci-fi reality.
0: Oh, that's great. That's that's awesome. Uh, so in contrast to talking about music and pop culture, you use a lot of silent pa- panels without dialogue. I mean, Sarah and I were just wowed by that splash page of Stab just looking down at the earth from the moon. Oh, thank <laughs> you. It, it, it just it evokes so much while doing so little at the same time. I and was trying used- to evoke,
2: thank you,
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it it really did floor us. and and you 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 use silence so uh, so wonderfully, like you know when not to have the characters talk. So, can you talk about your approach to to rhythm? like when when to deploy that, when to hold back?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think every cartoonist or writer kind of has like their own sense of pacing and how they think things should be approached. Uh, I know that there's a very specific term that I read once on a retrospective on Miyazaki that the term was basically to indicate kind of gaps in the story where there is no dialogue, where there is silence, like a very pointed silence that's trying to evoke a certain emotion or kind of convey an idea. And that's always really stuck with me when I watch like Miyazaki's movies. I really love the pacing, how it can go from so high energy to very quiet, very contemplative. And I think those kind of hills and valleys and stories are kind of one of the most engaging things about them. So I think for me, I don't have any like formal training as a writer. So I'm definitely just trying to feel out the story and kind of, you know, find those peaks and valleys and those moments of silence where it makes sense, where You know, when the characters are by themselves, obviously they're not just going to be like nattering to themselves. They're probably going to be quiet and contemplative and, you know, probably thinking about the things that, you know, you push to the back of your mind when you're with your friends. But when you're by yourself, they kind of come front and center. So I think that's the logic I kind of bring towards it. Just whenever a character is by themselves, it's an opportunity to kind of have them by themselves and to feature things that affect their worldview and to kind of, you know, bring out elements of their backstory that are important to them in their journey
0: mm, yeah no that's 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 great it's it, yeah the the silence just means so much especially hey I, I, it's in space we all get it space <laughs> silent right yeah but very
2: quiet place, very depressing place, from what i gather
0: yeah but i mean even even with that idea of like silence and stuff again it's saying so much right we're we're getting this almost serene look at stab who's who's such a high energy character really coming down into a a place of quiet and almost almost at peace not not peaceful but you know for her at least <laughs>
2: Yeah, I guess like a certain amount of peace of accepting where you are, but still this like melancholy that you can't be where you feel like you really belong. And I mean, Mm -hmm. I feel like I remember being a teenager clearly where, you know, my I was like a very moody teenager. So I had like, you know, days where I was like in a great mood and then I would feel terrible and I'd feel great again and terrible, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And just kind of, you know, the intense emotional lows of just like kind of into uh, a mood where i'm thinking about something that really bothers me and you know i'm always really interested in kind of like exploring that really specific headspace that like a teenager might be in i mean i have those headspaces now as like an adult but i think of myself as just like a big teenager who didn't manage to like (laughs) grow up properly but you know i think that uh people's moods can just like shift really rapidly depending on the environment so i'm trying to you know, convey this character who is high energy, but who is like very sad and just trying to deal with their circumstances by, you know, keeping themselves distracted, basically.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the characters, the th- well, the three main characters that we've been introduced to so far, uh, they're they're so rich in terms of how they interact with each other and their their relationships with each other, and. It's they, they, they feel like whole people, like you've already thought these people through like all their weird background details, not, not necessarily like, what did they get for Christmas on their third birthday or whatever, <laughs> right? But, That's very but,
2: important context. We'll get <laughs> to that.
0: But uh, you know, you, it's the kind of thing where I feel like if you were just asked, Oh, if you know, yuki ended up in a fist fight with this person who do you think how how would things work out you know blah 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 because you understand who that character is so thoroughly you're not exploring them quite as heavily as i feel some other authors might be exploring a character as they're writing them if that makes any sense
2: yeah no i get what you mean i definitely felt like when i started i didn't really i had like a vague idea of who these characters were but Uh, you know making like a, a graphic novel I guess is like the formal term it was like a very new experience for me so I did like a lot of preliminary work to try to sort out who these characters were and I remember one cartoonist friend of mine did this exercise where he did these little panels of like how a character would deal with like a certain situation so like how would this character do, like, how would they be when they were drunk? How would this character act when they're hungry? How would this character act if, like, someone insulted them in public? And then doing these little panels of the way that character would react. And just having to figure out, like, okay, well, they can't all just react the same. And they all have to have personalities. And their personalities will designate how they react. And doing exercises like that really... Helped me to like kind of narrow down, like, okay, Yuki is like aggressive and has a big mouth, and she's like a big sister. And Una, you know, is very smart and more soft spoken, but you know, has kind of like the retorts to go back against people. And then Stab is just like an overly sensitive crybaby who will probably curse <laughs> at someone, but then will like go into a closet and cry because that's who they are.
0: <laughs> oh. Oh, I, I Which is stab. also who
2: I am. I'm a crybaby. I like. I'm just stabbed. Like that's me as a teenager, but also it's still me just inside, hidden underneath like a more adult veneer. But like she's inside.
0: <laughs> she's in there. She's
2: yeah. she's fully in there.
0: So who would you say is your biggest influences in terms of the the genesis of this book
2: um so for this book specifically like there's so many artists whose work i love that i pull influence for for different projects but you know i try to when i have something like this that's so specific i try to read things that i really think are going to inform the world building like you Mm -hmm. know for example i love keith herring but I don't see how maybe like the the rebellious nature of Keith Haring would have a bearing on space trash. But I'm obviously not going to like go through my Keith Haring books to kind of pull inspiration for the book, if you know what I mean. So like the biggest influences for space trash, uh, my cartoonist friend Liz Suburbia, they wrote a book called Sacred Heart that's about like a post. Well, it's kind of like a post apocalyptic town where all of the adults have gone and only the teenagers and the kids are left and there's some sort of like bizarre religious anomaly happening. It's so fucking fantastic. It's one of my favorites. And then obviously, I mean, I think a lot of people can probably just like look at the book and tell that there's like an Atomo influence from the Akira series. Those are mm-hmm. probably like the two biggest ones. I also love On a Sunbeam by Tilly Walden, which is another like contemporary sci-fi book. So those were the, like, big three things I think I was really looking at.
0: I I know I noticed uh, one fairly big uh, thing that you threw in there with, uh, what is it, Dodgeball Passion?
2: Oh, yeah. That was just, yeah. like, a throwaway <laughs> gag because I just wanted to draw, like, a smutty, stupid <laughs> manga cover. And then people loved yeah, that so much.
0: Revolutionary Girl Utna?
2: It is it is exactly Utena, except like an <laughs> AU smut dodgeball fanfic. Like, yeah. fully, it's Utena and Anthe. Like, you can tell from the cover if you're an Utena fan that it's like, oh, you're just oh. drawing Utena and Anthe.
0: Oh, I, I don't care. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. I'm like, I, I don't care if this is supposed to be alternate universe or a fan fiction, or if this is so deep in the future that somebody's gone and created this smutty dodgeball manga i want more smutty dodgeball (laughs) manga
2: (laughs) no i definitely was thinking that i might do it as like a spin-off like a little mini comic or something (laughs) because just people loved the cover so much and they were so into it i'm like okay i'll make like the dumbest smut manga of all time (laughs) like you try and stop me from making something really stupid i will do it (laughs)
0: Oh no, I I love I I love the big swings. I love leaning into the joke of oh. Oh, you really? All right, let's do this. <laughs> I'm I'm going to crank it up to 11 if you yeah. guys are cool with that.
2: You like this? Okay, I'm going to make it into a real book and it's going to be even dumber than you anticipated. I hope you're oh. ready.
0: Oh my god. Oh, oh, it just it there was just so many things in the, in throughout the book that I'm I'm looking at. I'm just like, oh my God, oh I, I know that. You know, I, I love the playlist that you put in at the back because I was like, oh, I've list. I know like some of these songs. I'm more aware of like half of these artists, but I love a playlist that that creators put with things because I know guys like um um Kieran Gillen does that a lot for yeah. for books he's writing.
2: Yeah, I know um, Brian Lee O'Malley did it for the Scott Pilgrim books because that was one of the, like, books I, you know, one of the first kind of indie comics I read when I got into my 20s, and I remember seeing the playlist at the back and being like, that's awesome. I love that.
0: Oh, no. I I did it for when I was was training for pro wrestling. I was like, I'm going to make a playlist that is, you know, me as a person. And then over time, I was just like, eh, now it's just a fun playlist I enjoy adding things to
2: yeah i mean i mean both are very good so i mean i have a playlist started already for space trash volume two just like if i hear a song and i'm like "Ah, this is like the vibe i want the second book to have i like put it on a spotify playlist and i just you know i'll save it there until i get to the second book one day
0: yeah no i i know sarah is very excited to continue reading space trash whenever that happens because she knows that art is a process
2: oh and my god boy, it's how not you a process. take
0: your time
2: <laughs> yeah i'll do volume two at some point it's just so hard to make comics it takes so much time so much effort you know you have to write the script you have to get it finalized you have to do the pencils do the inks you have to color you have to do all the special effects you have to work on the graphic design and the presentation of the final thing. And then you have to, you know, market the shit out of it, which is basically just post it on your social media ad nauseum. And hopefully people mm-hmm. don't block you from being sheer annoyance, but yeah. uh, you know, it's just like, it's such a process and I'm taking a break right now because I, I did that book and now I need uh, stable income <laughs> because comics That's... is a very, a tumultuous uh, hustle
0: that's totally fine. I will let you know that uh, when we announced that we were covering this book, we already got a message from one of our listeners saying, "Oh, I, I'm going out and I'm buying it right now." So, hooray. oh, that's
2: nice. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed yeah. the book, listener.
0: <laughs> yeah. So that's that's pretty much it for, in terms of questions for us in general. Like, uh, didn't want to take a huge amount of time from mm-hmm. your day while well, you're evening now because of stupid daylight savings time
2: i know it's dark so <laughs> early in the day i hate
0: it i absolutely despise this but how um, dare yeah, you
2: it, do this to me farmers
0: i don't think it's the farmers this was a this was a it's not an old tradition it's only been around for like a hundred years
2: oh i always thought that daylight savings was put in place so that farmers had more hours of daylight to do their you know agricultural stuff but i i could 100% be wrong i feel like everything i know is just kind of like parsed together from my school learnings and random wikipedia things i've read in passing
0: i think i think that's the thing they want us to believe i think it was more of like a wartime effort to get people up earlier working longer right oh my as my opposed God.
2: to Classes yeah, yeah. strikes again how could they do this to <laughs> me
0: i know i know it's it's all bullshit, We're it is all being bullshit.
2: yeah honestly Urgh. i'm tired and they're like you're not tired it's fine the clock's just changed it's fine what do you mean your body feels different shut up it's fine
0: <laughs> yeah uh well beyond that is there anything that you would like to plug for our listeners
2: Oh, uh, I mean, you know, I'll do Space Trash 2 at some point when uh, the world isn't falling apart and actively on fire. And I hope people will be excited to read it.
0: Oh, I know. There's at least a couple people excited to read that. There's it's three us. people. Oh, <laughs> uh, but no, this was this is great. We We very much enjoyed the book. It is a big recommend from the both of us and um yeah whenever that happens great can't wait can't wait to read more but in the meantime you do what you need to do in order to keep surviving this burning world we're constantly living in
2: (laughs) yeah it's basically just like i have a day job now because it is just like impossible to make rent as a freelancer right now in toronto it is so oh my
0: god yeah no there's a reason i'm not living in toronto currently and that's because go unions keep striking i love that for you but i'm i'm so I'm poor dying. i want to work
2: yeah i know the the strikes like i fully support them because people need to be compensated fairly uh but i have 100%. so many friends yeah i have so many friends who are waiting for the strike to end hoping to go back to work struggling to make send ends meet and it's such a tough situation for everyone who's just kind of waiting for the uh negotiations to finalize so they can hopefully get a paycheck again
0: yeah it'll come soon and when it does hooray 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 i'll be very excited for it but yeah uh, yeah, then
2: iatze members should strike so they get better compensation everyone everyone strike
0: yeah already like i know i know people are talking and one of the big things for like uh toronto is uh hey why is vancouver making so much more money than we are for the same kind of jobs Hmm, why are these tv shows so expensive they're basically you know eight episode movies but uh our rate for pay hasn't gone up to match that of movies what's up with that guys so those what are already two big things. <laughs> yeah 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 we're so uh yeah hopefully hopefully we can push through a bunch of stuff like that um in the meantime where can the people our audience our listeners our campers find you i mean not in real life hopefully but, not in uh, real online. life
2: please no uh, you
0: know I, I mean yes you are in the deepest darkest dungeons of your naughty castle but uh beyond that yeah, i live where in can the sewer
2: Uh, So I'm on Instagram and TikTok. I have a TikTok because I hate myself, apparently, uh, (laughs) at funeral beat, which is, you know, funeral and then beat like the beat of a drum. And then I reluctantly have a Twitter that I look at once a week to minimize the psychic damage it gives me, which is Jen underscore uh, underscore Woodall.
0: Yeah, yeah. The amount of time I I spend on Twitter has dramatically decreased. It was like, oh yeah, every day, you know, here and there, and then, woof.
2: Yeah, it's like I don't want to look at the most atrocious thing I've ever seen, eighteen times a day. Thank you. Uh, I'm too depressed as it is. I can't handle any more uh, horrible atrocities in my eyeballs yeah i will i will do something more practical representatives and i will protest and i will support things where i can financially when i'm able but no i don't want to just see uh (laughs) human misery i don't want to see it just constantly it really i don't think it's good for our human brains for our little monkey brains i don't think that they're equipped to see such things
0: no no and that's that's why like on this show we uh, at the end of the year we always try to do our um award ceremony and we call it the airing of delights and we only talk I about really things that, that we enjoy right the airing we, of we...
2: delights is very good
0: yeah, we we only talk about the things that we enjoyed from the last year. We we don't try to look back and go like, oh God, you know what was the worst movie we watched or anything. It's always like, what was what was your f- favorite older person who appeared in a film? So,
2: oh, I love that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, we are all about let's find joy, let's celebrate joy, let's enjoy things.
2: I mean, I and love to enjoy, enjoy things. Well, thank you. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. I think that is a great thing to do because it's too easy to be, you know, apathetic and depressed and demoralized from how awful the world can be. Um, So I think pointing to things and being like, this is a cool piece of media. This will make your, you know, this will maybe give you a spot of happiness in the evening. I think those are very worthy things to point out.
0: Mm hmm okay well thank you very much for joining me tonight to uh you're
2: welcome
0: talk about your work and and what you do because i always like talking to you about your work and what you do anyway but i figure maybe other people would like to listen in today
2: yeah maybe we'll see i'm sorry in <laughs> advance if you get a bunch of emails that are like oh i really hated that weird monotone woman you had on your show yuck
0: <laughs> that it would be wild because it would probably be some of the first emails we've ever received. <laughs>
2: So. okay well maybe this this is the week you're gonna get some angry emails
0: no no positive feelings for jen positive feelings no i'm just Aaron kidding delights. i'm kidding <laughs> <I know. laughs> okay all right well uh until then back to the studio bleep, bleep, bleep. did that work excellent vibes. <laughs> there we go <laughs>
1: And that was uh, Sam's conversation with Jen. Um, And with that, we are going to jump right into the actual novel. Mm -hmm. Um, I should say again one last time, if you guys have not um, read this book and you are interested at all in it, um, please go out and get it. It supports like an indie artist. Um, It's really good. You will not regret it. And, you know sit by a window and listen to some nature sounds and read it
0: and you're not just supporting an indie artist you're also going to be supporting you know local bookstores and whatnot and you know what yeah get to know your local bookstores
1: um and like i said before like this is this book is not heavy on dialogue i can summarize it for you but you're not going to get the vibes that you would from actually reading it just and
0: the art alone is just worth it
1: So, Space Trash! Our main characters are Stab, Una, and Yuki, who all live in a school-slash-detention center on the moon. Um, Stab is also known as Agatha. This is not her dead name, but she does prefer to go by Stab, which I am going to keep calling her at the time. Stab has a very, like... um, Has listened to a lot of punk music and (laughs) is big on the ideas, but not so much- On the execution. Has zero life experience.
0: Yes. Uh, Yeah, like uh, later on, she she goes to find a shirt. Where's my yellow shirt? It's in the laundry. It smells. Yeah, it smells because that's punk. (laughs) (laughs) We'll move on and see-
1: it's never straight out said, but this place that they're living in where they have dorms and robot teachers and things like that, like it's kind of beat up. We never see any adults. We never we never see anyone who's defined as a man, that sort of thing. So we get the idea that this is like some sort of school colony, but I don't think it's ever explicitly
0: said. Yeah, it's it's nebulous enough, but I think again the the aesthetics and how characters are interact. You you got to read between the panels <laughs> in order to mm-hmm. kind of get to some of the ideas that are being presented here, or at least as far as what I understand from the book. I, I don't know. Maybe Jen could kick me in the face and say no, that's wrong. But who knows?
1: Yeah, they're actually it's it's a metaphor, and they're all actually cheese in a refrigerator or something like that. <laughs> Uh, So I'm going to quote here from uh, the robot teacher. (laughs) Hilariously, they live on the moon, but the robot teacher is like a Cylon with a Tamagotchi face. (laughs) An old style Cylon, not the new Cylons that look like No, not the
0: sexy Cylons like Trisha Helfer.
1: Yeah. Stupid sexy Cylon. Uh, So I'm going to quote here. The brave... And caring leaders of Earth decided that to ensure the survival of humankind, they would need to venture off planet to find a new home. This is like in their history class. The moon, our home, and Mars are the two current terraforming operations. Both sites have housing for workers and education centers for youth. Shelter, food, community, and purpose are provided by these locations. There is no need for salary as all needs are met. And then we find out, oh, and by the way, there is actually a corporation providing all of these things. And when you grow up, you're going to work for this corporation. And I hope you like the corporation because it's the only choice that you get.
0: Huh. Hmm. <laughs> yes, the brave and, and, and careful leaders who definitely, definitely work for this corporation.
1: Yeah. And, uh... If you are lucky enough and work hard enough to pay off your debt, which, relatable, you might qualify to live on Mars. Great. Thanks. Uh, I'm looking at this now, and I hadn't picked up on this before, but the luxury colony of M-A-L-E-Z on Mars, which could either be read as malaise or males, males. (laughs) both of which I think are kind of funny (laughs) opportunities for a book with an all-female cast.
0: Oh god. I yeah, J- Jen is a smart person. <laughs>
1: um so the teacher can tell when they're not paying attention and, you know, chides them for not being good community members and things like that. But nobody is paying attention. People are asleep, they're writing notes, tossing them to each other, that sort of thing. There's graffiti all over the classroom. One of those things where like you said there's details all over this place
0: yeah Uh, there's not just graffiti all over the classroom there's just graffiti all over this this uh center let's say the school like it's it's everywhere and so much so i spent so much time just looking at the graffiti being like i wonder what that says and then moving on to the next panel being like oh i can see the whole thing thanks
1: yeah There's one I'm looking at right now that's partially obscured that I think says ABAB, which just means all bastards are bastards.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes, it is a true statement.
1: Uh, They complain about how they're being taught revisionist history and they go off for lunch, which is awful. School food is terrible. It's very much like, you, you know, as you're heading into this, you're like, oh, this is like your classic teenage high school story.
0: Yeah, yeah. You you get your sort of um, pseudo-introduction to this world via the cafeteria. Like, you understand what the place is like, but you may not know who all these characters are. There's no character walking around being like, these are the goth girls, and these are the sports girls, and these are the uh, accounting girls. Who knows? Maybe there would be accounting girls. You never know.
1: <laughs> when we were in high school, blazers were in fashion. There were definitely like proto-accountants <laughs> in our high school in my high wow, school. Wow,
0: that um I wonder where those kids are now.
1: Uh, they're making a podcast with you, saying Oh
0: no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, a single button blazer looks so cool on me. As a seventeen-year-old, this is how I'll trick them into thinking I'm grown <laughs> up
0: and mature. <laughs> And now you're out there doing hard math.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, so Stab keeps talking. them. They She wants to make them into a gang. And she keeps throwing out gang names that get rejected. Uh, like the Planet Stompers. <laughs> Cosmic Daggers. Hard Space Gals. Glitter Rats. Galaxy Rulers. These are all terrible names. But these are the kind of names that
0: a teenager would come up with.
1: Absolutely. Uh, So they find that there is an actual existing gang on their turf, standing in front of their lockers. Uh, The Hellbats. And they're going to get in a fight. But right then, (laughs) Stab. I'm sorry, I can't stop laughing whenever I have to say Stab. Gets called away because she has a disciplinary task. She has to do cleanup work in hopes of curbing her inappropriate behavior, which is one of the most beautiful scenes in the entire book so far, where she's looking out at the earth from. It's it's crazy really, because she's in a spacesuit. And there's still a wire fence between her and the rest of the moon. And she's just gazing up at the moon. And then the teacher comes up to her and is like, hey, you're not paying attention. You're supposed to be learning stuff
0: from this. It's a single panel on one page. This is what's called a splash page, usually. And it's so serene, but also longing. You know, kind of like a look at what we've lost.
1: Yeah, when we talk about the the beauty, it's not like the beauty of the inside of these dorms and the beauty of the Earth are rendered in a different way. But the spacing and the timing of this book just lets you like let her linger in
0: looking at the Earth. And so while she's out here, she has to pick up trash that's uh, been littered all about this area. And she's in a spacesuit. Now, weird thing is... She's in a spacesuit. She's picking up trash. The trash is all like food wrappers. Who's yeah. out here eating?
1: Also, like, <laughs> they were apparently, <laughs> he left Earth because it was so fucking full of garbage. And they still have this exact same problem on the moon.
0: Yeah, it turns out, um, again, that the problems aren't with the individuals. <laughs> yes. Huh. Wow. I wonder, I wonder what that's like. <laughs> but yeah, this, this whole scene is is mostly silent and it's serene. It's so well lit too, which is a weird thing to say because you know, Jen's not setting up cameras and lights, but uh it's lit beautifully.
1: Yes, absolutely. Mm. Um, after this, she goes back to her dorm, which she shares with Una and Yuki. And um, when I say again, things about time and space, like as much time is spent on Yuki dyeing Una's hair, or them talking about punk music, or Una eating some ramen, as is spent staring at the moon, like all of these things are given equal weight, I suppose, which also makes it feel very domestic to me, despite the fact that it's in space.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's almost slice of life. Yeah. I, if, if it wasn't for the fact that we were also. But then again, you know, slice of life does very well when it's done well. Right. I mean, there's mm-hmm. people loved dr quinn medicine woman and there's so many anime that are just slice of life anime it's literally like let's watch this character go to the store and make lunch
1: um there i think that's part of why we get so there's so much culture around like i don't know live streams or asmr or something like we're all very lonely and even the idea of like getting to watch somebody make their lunch and not talk to you is more comforting than making your lunch all alone
0: wow (laughs) i spent like four hours yesterday making lunches for me for me wow how big was that lunch (laughs) i'm a big boy (laughs) i've got a lot of growing to (laughs) no i cooked oh god i cooked 130 dollars worth of chicken oh geez chopped it all up and weighed it all out and portioned it all up into little ziploc bags hey i'm part of the problem (laughs) and then i had to cook rice with it too But, yeah, it just took forever. And, uh, yeah, it definitely would have been, I don't know, maybe maybe somewhat more comforting if there was somebody with me. And it wasn't my mom who insists on trying to poke me in the butt now for some reason. (laughs) It's the last soft part on you. No, I still have plenty of soft parts. This is this is her being like, Oh, you've lost so much weight. And poke, poke, poke. The the <laughs> <laughs> And I keep like, Stop doing that. I swear to God. I... And the other morning she bursts into the living room going, Sam, Sam, oh, oh please. And I'm like, what? What are you doing? Are you trying to trick me into something right now? <laughs> Cause that's my first thought. Now apparently, and she goes, "No, <laughs> my 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 butt hurts." I, she was having like a cramp or something, and she was like, "I need you to press into my butt." I'm like, "Oh, what?" She's like, "Yes, yes, please. It's in the exact area." I kept poking you, and I'm like, "Uh huh." Is that the universe speaking to you? Hmm? <laughs> I couldn't help her because because I was laughing too hard. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, she's dead now. She uh she expired from butt cramps.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> the butt cramps spread to her lungs.
0: She just butt cramped so hard. This is <laughs> today's PSA is butt cramps. Um, Don't let them get out of hand.
1: <laughs> we're out
0: of, out butt. of butt. Sorry, where were we? What were we saying? We
1: were talking about Yuki and Una have a conversation where we find out that both Yuki and Stab lived on Earth very recently. They lived there two years ago. going to read another expert, expert, excerpt now, yeah. um, where Una is asking because Una has no idea what Earth is like. Yuki says, things were tough, but where we lived was nice. We were pretty far from any big city, so it was mostly quiet. Our house was surrounded by trees, and we had a pond nearby. We spent tons of time there. Our foster parents were okay, but I have no clue what happened to them. The house is probably destroyed by now, considering what a shit show it was toward the end. Next thing you know, it was here. Uh, we were here. And then, uh, skipping forward a bit, they want everyone to think they left behind a hopeless wasteland rather than a place that required work and effort. More money to be made, sucking a new planet dry after all.
0: <sighs> yeah oh boy yeah who oh boy yeah. preaching preaching to the masses <laughs> Jen all
1: anyway let's get more billionaires up into space post-haste
0: let's uh let's let elon send them up in his very safe absolutely no regulations uh missed spaceships by all means Or to the bottom of the Uh, ocean. That's also fun. The (laughs) comedian
1: Gareth Reynolds, who has a special on YouTube that you guys should all watch, um, did point out the bright side to this, which is sometime in our life we are going to see a a billionaire vaporized in a spaceship crash. And every time they launch a new one,
0: chances are just that good. Oh, maybe some billionaires will go like, you know, where's a good place that no one's been to yet? Volcanoes. I'm going to go on a volcano walk. That's how you get Bond villains. Not if they're uh, vulcanized immediately. (laughs) They turn into rubber? Sure. Rubber hasn't hurt me yet.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I've heard all these stories about rubber and glue.
0: (laughs) Wait, which one am I? (laughs) <laughs> That's the important part You only find out at the Whoa. end But yeah yeah, the, This book is Very much an extrapolation of What's going on right now
1: Yeah I um, It's funny when we talk about People being like we'll just move on To the next planet like the The planet with the air that we Can breathe and food growing out of the ground You can't just recreate that magically wouldn't it be just nicer if people stopped flying private jets
0: yeah wouldn't it be nicer if we actually started punishing uh, oil companies who keep doing big whoopsies in the middle of the ocean and then they go well we bought you guys a bunch of soap so you could clean those ducklings yeah you and I using reusable grocery bags
1: is not going to make the difference that 1% of Exxon's um, carbon emissions uh, will do. You know, we we could do everything right. We can go vegan. We can live in the same town our whole life. Never go on a plane. Um, everything like that, and we will never ever make the difference that one of these companies stopping work for one day out of the year would do.
0: Yeah, I mean, all right, my 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 oh, my one big thing is: can we can we please go back to like? The biodegradable plastic straws these cardboard ones fucking suck please <laughs> like i don't mind the reusable grocery bags and you know trying to make better choices and stuff but i fucking hate these cardboard straws so much please
1: i i don't mind a mushy straw i would really like a single-use grocery bag back you could use them for taking out the cat litter they were, even when they charged you for them, they were cheaper uh, than buying plastic bags, which the plastic bags that you have to use for garbage are then single-use bags that get shipped in cardboard across the country and get used less time and you have to pay more for them. It makes no There's sense. There's a lot of
0: makes no sense here. Yeah. 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 But. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, Ontarians, stop re-electing Doug Please. Ford. Please god i would like the children to have an education please i yeah. may not be able to fix the Jesus world Christ. but maybe some of these kids can
1: uh and as they go to sleep that night in their dorm the uh, voice over the intercom thanks them for their productivity today and that's the end of issue one.
0: Oh, i didn't get that in my book that's weird
1: you didn't get like a chapter break no i
0: didn't get a chapter break that's so strange
1: it's not necessarily marked as issue one. It's just like every other book that I've gotten that is um, a, a collection of issues did that. So I assume that's what it was. Maybe I'm wrong and this didn't come out in individual
0: issues first. No, it? I, it, I think it was only released as a graphic novel.
1: Oh, okay. Then I'm just completely making stuff yeah. oh, up.
0: You liar. You, you're talking yep. about the big sort of dream sequence thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I assume
1: that was like the extra art that you get in between issues. Uh
0: okay. I, I can see how you might think that. Yeah. I, I just thought because this is a graphic novel, it's meant to be one solid sort of issue. But yeah, you are mm-hmm. relatively halfway through the book at that point, too.
1: Uh, so they're all rudely awoken by the uh, intercom again, telling them that they have to come to an assembly. John Mulaney has this long bit on assemblies that I'm not going to rehash, but I am so glad that I don't have to do assembly oh anymore. God.
0: I'm never going to have to do one again. No, but we do have to do like work meetings now, which are like Ugh. assemblies. Like, so every time I go on to a new show... You know, a little peek behind the curtain of uh, how we make movies and TV. We always have to do like a two-hour uh, sexual harassment seminar. Which, yes, fine, okay, Like, not just sexual. Oh, everybody does. Not just okay, sexual harassment, but you know, you know, racism and blah, blah, blah It's it's the anti-harassment seminar. But it's the same thing every single time, and I try Ugh. so hard so hard not to fall asleep during it but invariably (laughs) i end up doing the oh my chin my chin keeps touching my chest oh i'm back up especially
1: because you're you and you don't want to be like seen as not paying attention
0: or like that you don't yeah i'm trying very hard so uh i've taken to just making sure i bring a pen with me and i just begin writing on myself Mm. i don't care where gave myself <laughs> cool knuckle tattoos last time and those knuckle tattoos spelt out jellicle
1: i thought it was gonna say like left hand sex right
0: hand rules <laughs> oh there is enough space there's no e that's how it fits there's no e yeah i could do something like that i'm sure whatever uh
1: but you're right actually uh work meetings are definitely worse they are the new version of of assemblies and the worst part is in assembly if you were like polite you could just be as bored as you wanted to be um but people don't like you being polite and
0: bored in work meetings No, all of a sudden they want like engagement or you know oh uh in this situation what should sally the fictional person have said to the guy who asked her out but she didn't want to go on a date with and i'm like i don't know she could say anything she wants No, she can just say no. (laughs) Uh,
1: Anyway, they get out of the assembly where they, oh, yeah, in the assembly, they are told that somebody has been stealing computer equipment from the lab and no computer equipment is allowed out of the lab and everybody's going to be in trouble. And um, uh, Una looks very nervous. We've seen her previously with a laptop as well. Hmm. Uh, they get to their lockers and they are tagged with Hellbats rules, <laughs> which also it's kind of nice that uh, Stab is not the only person like living under these gang rules. There actually is another gang. At this point, I wasn't sure whether it was just all in yeah, her it head. It was
0: just you know, another clique of girls and she was bigging them up to be a gang. Yeah, mm-hmm. what i what i love also love here is while i haven't really talked yeah. too much about like the copious amounts of things like the stickers and posters and books and magazines and all kinds of stuff that's just in almost every page of this book uh one of the panels focuses very closely on a, a manga that has fallen out of the uh the the I can't remember what the word is for it. I wanted to say coffin. Locker? Yes, it's a locker. It's not a coffin. It's, it's... <laughs> out of Yuki's yeah, locker. Yeah. Uh, Dodgeball Passions Volume Three. Their love is out of <laughs> rated abouts. eighteen plus. Yeah. So this is so, so. One of the things I do know about Jen is Jen loves. Uh, some some mangas, like there are some that she she's super passionate about, and one of them is Revolutionary Girl Utna. And boy, howdy, is this just a dodgeball version of Revolutionary Girl Utna.
1: Okay, okay, because <laughs> I, I, I am famously not an anime person, but I can recognize it. Uh, also, that's the first time I've ever heard the name said out loud, and that was not how I thought oh, you it pronounced it. Um, but with the purple... But with the purple hair, I'm like, oh, it's that one girl from that one manga.
0: Yeah, the very, you know, lesbian, cool sword fighting. Let me see. I'll send this to you. Just Jackie and Lori over to you. But uh, it's just great. It's it's fantastic. It's so clearly meant to be like just the dodgeball version of it. And I love little parodies like that. There you go. i have just... Yes, yeah. there it is. Yeah. <laughs> Pink hair, purple hair. But we're rivals. Oh no. I've never read or watched it, so I actually have zero frame of reference for it, but I can I can absolutely see the influence of it. And brava, Jen. Brava. I love that. I love it so much. I want to read Dodgeball Passions.
1: Right. Uh, so they go over to fight the Hellbats who are sitting in this, like, cool disused, like, arcade? I was gonna say pinball, but I don't think they're actually, oh no, there's one pinball machine here. But they're just, like, the Hellbats are so fucking cool, man. <laughs> I feel like Stab where I'm like, I I am only aggressive towards them because of how much I want to be them.
0: Man, being in a cool girl gang would be real cool.
1: This is the second girl gang uh, uh, media we've covered. We got to get ourselves like matching jackets.
0: Yeah. We'll call ourselves the. I'm just looking around at things that I have on my table with me. Uh, (laughs) Fisherman's friends. (laughs) (laughs) Are you a friend of fishermen? (laughs) Wink. (laughs) Wink. The dream of the fisherman. Oh, no. (laughs) No. We are not doing that. I mean, sexy merman, though. Hold on. Hold. Yeah. Oh, mm. yeah. Okay.
1: (laughs) We're going to talk about that next week. I
0: don't know if you checked the Excel sheet. I did see the Excel sheet. I'm very excited. Yeah. Go on. Anyway.
1: Uh, So, as they are fighting, (laughs) the teacher Tamagotchi. (laughs) Pops in and says, "Attention, rowdy students! You have all been assigned detention for expressing aggressive tendencies unbefitting of young ladies and disrupting communal peace." <laughs> and one of the hellbats immediately says, "Oh, ladies!" Yeah. And then they all get assigned to maintenance work on the rooftop. Just like uh Stab did before, can we talk about these
0: spacesuits for a bit?
1: Yes, yes,
0: I fucking love these spacesuit designs.
1: There's these rainbow stripes on the helmet that I don't know if they're supposed to be some sort of like meter or like an oxygen, but they indicator. just look so and they're also like yeah, but they're also very like very late 70s, early 80s. Like, they've got knee pads built in and they're white with red trim. Like, it looks like somebody on, like, um, American Gladiators would wear
0: if it was more revealing, you know? I think one of my favorite panels, period, in the piece is on page 70 at the very bottom. And it says uh, Una is, like, tying her hair back to get into her suit. And it's just the way that the the arms and the folds and the creases of this spacesuit are moving as she's tying her hair back it's it's such a sort of blink and you'll miss it kind of panel because it's not doing anything there's not much to it but i think the form work and the lines here are just incredible
1: oh yeah absolutely the way you see that they're wearing these um these form-fitting clothes underneath them. like You don't often get that detail in spaceship or spacesuit media where you can
0: actually see that these are not their clothes. This is outerwear. Yeah. And it's not... I mean, not that I would expect this from Jen anyway, but the, these aren't sexy spacesuits. They're not cool spacesuits in terms of like, yeah, look, look how rad we are. It's not an Avengers style of like, oh, look at all these panels we have on it this really is more form and function first
2: mm-hmm. right
0: they they don't fit all of these characters the same way some of them are you know bigger in the hips bigger in the chest area you know s- smaller in the waist and they're they're not flattering outfits period but mm-hmm they feel uniform and designed to be uniform yes absolutely ah, i just i really wanted to call out the the the, the spacesuits because they're dope they're they're they are unique in and of themselves without feeling like well i could never see characters in any sci-fi wearing this you know you occasionally get to that in a show where you're just like uh, I'm not too sure about that.
1: Yeah. And uh God knows I don't want to insult my beloved Doctor Who. <laughs> even though that's like 90% of being a yeah. Doctor Who fan. Yeah. But they have one orange spacesuit and they have made it work for 20 years.
0: The same orange It wasn't until my last rewatch through that I went Is that just the same orange spacesuit? <laughs> it's the that same suit. For every doctor? Okay, I guess. Yep. Sure, why not? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All these points in time across the universe can share one thing, an orange spacesuit.
1: So they get sent up to the rooftop and uh, in these cool spacesuits, and they are beginning to do trash pickup work until they notice that their Tamagotchi teacher is not paying attention it's been deactivated and all the cool girls the hell bats are sitting up on the roof doing sudoku because that's what the bad girls do
0: yeah they're doing hard math
1: yeah that's true um math is hard and they're just hanging out they're like every time we come up here we just deactivate the robot and we don't actually have to do any work that sort of thing uh it's here that we discover that actually una is not from the moon as we thought, or at least I thought, the whole time when she's asking them what was life on Earth like. She used to live on Mars, where the rich people live. Mm. Um, one of the Hellbats says, I didn't recognize you before. Aren't you that transfer student in my tech class from that fancy Mars school? Oh, uh, yeah, I guess so. Wow, Mars. You must have done something pretty bad to get sent to this dump. What'd you do? I guess I was just too difficult. And then there's just these pause where the two hellbats look at each other and th- it's here that they decide that they're gonna take these other girls under their wing or trust them or whatever, which I um really appreciate. Again, the the nonverbal storytelling. Yeah,
0: and it it's just female friendship. <laughs> female friendship's fucking great. Yeah. You know, we you know, women don't have to be at each other's throats <laughs> constantly in our media.
1: Now, speaking of which, they say follow us (laughs) and Stab immediately goes, what the fuck do you mean follow us? We're not following them. We won that fight. But then we get to the coolest part of the book where my brain truly lit up. Did you know that this was coming? No, I had no idea. Okay, so one of the hellbats takes them over and fiddles with, like, a control panel, which goes ding, and they get in an elevator, and they go repressurized, and they get in an elevator that goes way down, 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 down to a double-wide splash panel where, god, they're walking in this, like, unused hallway. It feels like the back room of, not the back rooms that the kids are all crazy about, but the back room of something with this gorgeous mural on the wall um, saying the future is ours with a, a, a woman in a space helmet. And then the Hellbats show them a full-size space shuttle just sitting there. And I went, oh, shit. Because <laughs> I had been like, getting used to the pace of this book and being like, this is very much like you say, slice of life, um, living in there with them. No one part of their life is more important than the other. And then I saw the fucking space shuttle and I was like, well, I know what this story is going to be now.
0: Yeah. It's, (laughs) it's, uh, the, the kids are going to escape. Yeah. Fuck the system.
1: So they've been working on fixing the shuttle. They got into it because they were getting parts for their arcade. Um, And not only did they find the shuttle, but they also discovered a radio frequency coming from Earth. That Earth is still habitable and there are still people down there.
0: It all of a sudden, when I read that, I was like, oh, oh, this this could either lead to, you know, bad and troubling times on the horizon, or this could genuinely be like, what if Earth is fine? what if the corporations left it and the people turned it back into what it should have been? Absolutely. So the girls
1: agree <laughs> to take part and help them um, on the condition that they get their comics and their snacks <laughs> back. So we finally are introduced to the Hellcats, like as people uh, finally they're Callie, Joe, Lynn and Johnny, and uh, they shake to earth. And they're going home. That's it. To be continued in Space Trash Volume 2. But I should point out as well that the Student Council, very last uh, splash page of the book, has been watching
0: on monitors. The Student Council. Who are always represented. Student Council. They're they're represented by a a, a big fuchsia eye, like an ever-watching eye. And again,
1: the idea, it's its very, like, um, Buffy to me, the concept of a student council being a terrifying, all-seeing organization. I love that.
0: Ooh, it just, it sets up so much potential drama. And then we get another double-page splash of, yeah, at, at the back of the book, which is just like their dorm room but just a corner of their dorm room and you get to see all these books and these lists and snacks and all kinds of stuff and again it it really helps to reinforce how lived in this world is right because they've got books of like akira volume one and a volume of ranma one half and some marks and hg wells and then there's a list of like a a uh a mixtape that Una has made for Yuki. Mmm? Mm, romance? <laughs> She's
1: just helping her with her hair, you know? Girls just like to touch each other's hair, which is something that I believed as a teenager. It's totally normal.
0: And just all these little things, you know? little embroidery set, uh, uh, a first aid kit. Those... uh those brass scissors that are meant to look like a, a stork that people use for sewing and stuff.
1: Yeah, they're really useful for embroidery because they're super sharp. And they're just
0: so fun because the 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 scissors open up. And it's like a little beak. Right, right. Yeah, you can make the bird talk. <laughs> I'm here to cut your strings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I um, like you said, the the lived in nature of this, and. There's something about the way this book treats teenage girls is, like, lived in and dirty and stuff and slobs and things like that. But also, at the same time, it's never feels like it's mocking them for it. No, like... It very much feels like Jen is coming from the yeah, inside. Like,
0: uh, you know, it's clear Stab gets embarrassed by things every once in a while. But it's never... We're not embarrassing her; she's embarrassed, but the thing she's embarrassed about isn't necessarily embarrassing. It's that teenage mm-hmm. reaction to embarrassment, right? Uh, uh, yeah, it not a whole lot happens here because again, it's slice of life, yeah, you know, there's no huge climatic battle, you know, none of these girls are <clears throat> hardened warriors, you know, I, hi, I'm. You know, I'm torn between these two boys that I love and, oh, I'm just so clumsy, but I'm also a deadly <laughs> warrior, that kind of thing. It's, it's not that. It's just teenagers. Yeah. I love it. I, I really enjoyed this.
1: I really liked it. I, I have no connection to Jen. I've never met her um, other than knowing that Sam's her friend. And I I give this a, a Sarah's thumb up rating i'm excited to to see more of it and see where the well, story's I gonna highly go
0: recommend searching out uh more of her other stuff um she like i said she's done i think three volumes of magical Beatdown, which is a uh a sailor moon-esque kind of short comic it, in essence it's like a girl walks mm-hmm. home at night and then she gets accosted by some punks and uh, they start, like, catcalling her. So she transforms magically into this beautiful girl with a katana and a bat covered in barbed wire. And then she beats the shit out of them.
1: <laughs> I thought from the name that it was going to be a magical girl. I'm very glad to it, hear it that, that that's the case. not just
0: a magical girl. It is also a hyper-violent magical girl.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sam and I were discussing... Um, my trip to New York comic-con before we started recording. And I saw there a t-shirt with sailor moon
0: that uh, had the caption by the power of the moon. I will fuck you up. <laughs> That's that is exactly the vibe of magical Beatdown. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, we come to our big question. Sarah is space trash camp.
1: You know, I don't think it is. It's obviously conversant with a lot of camp. Um, some of the posters that we didn't mention on their dorm walls are Elvira and um Vincent Price and stuff like that. But I don't think at this point the the story of Stab and Una and Yuki is
0: Camp. How about you? No, it it I think Jen has an understanding of what camp is. Because it's there, it exists. There are some things that are clearly like a wink and I mean, I think a giant Tamagotchi robot teacher, that's a bit camp. Right. (laughs) Yeah, there there's a deep love for the culture of the nineties throughout this. And it's but it's embracing it, it's not shying away from it. Right? These these kids have things that they love and they they decorate. There's stuff in their lockers, and you know, there's uh, Yuki has a poster of Bull Nakano in her in her uh, locker at the gym. Bull Nakano is a, a huge uh, Japanese pro wrestling star. I didn't oh, know that was a real person. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure most of the posters and whatnot in here, aside from the ones that are like the corporate stuff, and every once in a while, the very obvious ones of we've made this up. Beyond that, like, these mm-hmm. are genuine people. Like, there's Blondie posters and, like you said, Elvira and whatnot. The, the embracing of pop culture, but not in that Stranger Things kind of way, right? You, you know how Stranger mm-hmm. Things has now made it so that, oh, like, we're going to do an 80s thing. Well, better put everybody in crimped hair and neon this and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, the 80s weren't really like that.
1: Yeah, the wedding singerification yes, of nostalgia.
0: Yes, yes. Thank you. um Instead, with this, the the trappings of these things that Jen's clearly grown up with. Yeah, you know, the 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 art and the pop culture and whatnot. It's there, but it's meant to be flavor to enhance the world, as opposed to, hey guys, remember this? Eh, eh. <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's it's not there, right? This isn't being poisoned by nostalgia. It's being lifted by it.
1: Yeah. When I see when I see something like there's a giant Karapi doll on the bookshelf and uh Ranma one half, I'm like, oh, this person grew up in a very similar time to me. This person is trying to speak to a similar feeling to me. And for me that that really works. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I, I love it. So no, it's not camp, but you know it it's looking at nostalgia and it it has it's having a bit of a conversation with camp right and i I want to see where that conversation goes mm-hmm. mm, excellent i'm I'm glad you enjoy I would say it's a very big recommendation from me please 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 go out and find yourself a copy of this because it's it's not just you know supporting artists and supporting local uh, stuff i I genuinely think this is just so well made
1: oh yeah absolutely again i cannot speak enough about the art of this book and it really is beautiful and i i don't know maybe it's just i i haven't read many graphic novels or graphic novels lately that aren't superhero comics um i was way more into reading like alternate graphic novels when i was a teen and i guess i didn't realize i'd gotten away from it but Superhero books are so much more action-packed by their very nature that I didn't realize that I was missing this more contemplative storytelling until I got it back. That's a good way of putting it, yeah.
0: It is contemplative.
1: So thank you for joining us today on our exploration of space trash. Please subscribe on your podcaster of choice. Leave a star rating and review where you can because it always helps us to find new people who may not
0: know what their camp favorite is. And next week we will be finally, finally discussing Our Flag Means Death season two, because the final episode will have dropped in time for us to record this episode. Oh, Sarah.
1: Oh, I I I have we are currently as of recording um episode 7 has come out which has a, a lot of people feeling a lot of emotions I'm withholding judgment but I'm really excited to be able to have a vessel to get that uh emotion out and talk about oh it Oh my you.
0: gosh there's just so many things to talk about this season uh <laughs> And I, I, you and I, we we have been texting each other, but I think to actually sit down and for us to just discuss it will be a really nice, like, okay, all right, let's go, let's get all these feelings out there, let's let's get a little weepy for joy and then weepy for sad things, and who knows, one more episode could change the course of the whole show, right? <sighs>
1: I, uh, for those of you who follow me on my socials, I'm kind of obsessed with this show. Um, it's, it's taken over my whole life for this last year and, um, I'm really, really happy about it, but it's, it's so weird to think that we're already coming to the end
0: of a new age. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it was, it was a long time coming. We all waited and when it dropped, there's always that worry about the sophomore slump but we'll see if that exists or not for this show because as sarah said it's so important to her but also i i love this show too i it makes me feel feelings <laughs> uh so you our audience our campers can continue the discussion on our twitter for the i don't know two weeks left that it has before it implodes finally our blue sky <laughs> yep and our Instagram at all the same handles. I am at Reese Indigo, RHYS, spelled the Welsh Way.
1: And I am at Sour Citrus Lady. You can follow the pod on at Is it Camp Pod. Until next week, wait now before swimming, Watch out for snakes and stay camp. Bye.